I think that a lot of the times we don't act on what we want to do because we're kind of afraid of the results or like, what if it all goes wrong? And, you know, I think my biggest takeaway in life is just to do it, not really care about what other people think and just have the conviction in yourself. Hey guys, welcome to Active Ingredient, the podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I'll be taking a deep dive into why people do what they do and what it is that drives them. I believe every single person has an active ingredient to them, aka a purpose, and all we have to do is uncover what that is and activate it. I'm looking at people across the board with fancy titles like editors and chiefs, founders and CEOs, to under-the-radar activists who are changing the world one person at a time. I want to get to the bottom of how they first discovered their passion, how they channel their talent consistently, and ultimately how their active ingredient is making the world a better place. This week's episode is with Safat Hader, the co-founder of Array and the host of the Dream Bigger podcast. Safat was honestly such an amazing guest on the show. I feel like we have so much in common and we can honestly just talk for hours. I also highly recommend following her if you're looking for a career inspo or just general motivation. I absolutely love following her journey. Also, her aesthetic is pretty impeccable. A little background on Sif's earlier career. She went from studying political science to pastry cooking, then went to public relations and then landed a full-time job at Elle before becoming the content creator she is today. Her blog actually led her to see a white space in the supplement category on two areas women tend to complain about the most, which is stress and bloat. And I am guilty of this. Those are the two most common complaints that I make myself. So she realized that there were these two problems that are actually entirely intertwined and wanted to create a brand that supported both with natural and science-backed alternatives. Her co-founder, Nish, is actually her husband. And after their wedding got canceled due to COVID-19, they took all of their wedding funds and started Array, They work with naturopathic doctors and use science-backed ingredients to holistically solve the problem of bloat and anxiety and have attracted a very impressive following, including pretty much all of my favorite follows on Instagram, which are Melissa Wood, Lauren Everett, Nina Ogdahl, and Hannah Brofman, to name a few, after having just recently launched this merch. On today's episode, we get into how the through line throughout her career has always been to help women and show them that they can optimize their well-being and reach their business goals at the same time how her own health journey led her to experiment with natural remedies to heal her own issues, which ultimately led her to start Array, the connection between anxiety and bloating, the practice of manifestation and future you journaling. This was my favorite part of our conversation. (laughs) Working through self-limiting beliefs and believing that if your heart is in the right place, you can actually accomplish whatever you set your mind to. So with that, let's get into this week's episode with Safat Hader. Thank you so much for being on Active Ingredient. I'm so excited to dive into everything. Um, And to get into your story, I feel like I've recently been seeing your brand literally everywhere on every one of my favorite, like (laughs) top influencers that I follow. I've been seeing everywhere. So I'm excited to to dive into your story. Yeah, so am I. Um, I think it'll be a fun conversation. I always kick off the podcast asking the guests what they were like as a kid, either that you remember yourself or that like your parents remind you of, um, or people that were in your life when you were a child, try, try like anything under seven, 
yeah, I'm curious to know what you were like and if any of those traits are like transition into who you are today. Definitely. I would say like, I have always been super creative. So when I was actually like one of the funniest stories that my grandma loves to tell is that when I was younger, I would play, um, this game where it was like, I would be a shoe salesperson and I'd like have all these shoes out and like try to sell it to her. So like from there, like my earliest memories were like, I always wanted to do something creative. So like literally I thought everything from, um, you know, singer to, and then like later on, like fashion designer, like I I always wanted to do something really creative and work for myself. (laughs) You always wanted to work for yourself? Always. Yeah. Like I just knew in my heart. Yeah. My dad is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I always like to ask like what the person's surroundings are because I feel like there's a lot of like self-limiting beliefs if you, if you don't see it in your immediate. Um, so I'm always so curious with people that come on the show that have like been born with that spirit. I'm like, who was around you? Like, how did you even like know that you're capable of doing it? Um, so that's, that's really cool to hear. So, okay. So walk us through your whole career journey. I don't, I don't know if the singing, uh, went anywhere, but, um, walk us through what you thought you wanted to be originally, like when you were in college and actually were thinking about career path. Um, and then what those first jobs looked like. So the singing didn't really go anywhere because (laughs) I mean, I was, I was a theater student in high school, but I just decided at the end, like not to pursue it full time. So actually when I was in university, like, I mean, when I went in, I had a very different idea of what I would be. So again, like the whole creativity was like very prevalent. I did go in um, because like I was told just to always have a backup and like do something that would get me a job just in case something creative didn't work out. So I was actually, I did pre-law subjects in university. Um, And then after that, I I thought I was, I wanted to be a chef. I was really interested in food. So you can see like, you know, I was always really creative and like all over the place, um, decided I wasn't going to do that. And then meanwhile, I was always really interested in fashion as well. So after I graduated, I was like, maybe I'll go into PR or events because I was really involved in like, um, event planning and in, in university. Like I was the, the social head of our residence and, you know, I was always okay. super involved, like kind of liked doing like just, it was my creative outlet essentially. Yeah. Um, and then after I finished my undergrad, I decided to go to Condé Nast College um, in the UK. And what is that? It's basically like by Condé Nast. So it's like their it's a school university. For- Exactly. So like anyone who wants to I've get I've never heard fashion. of it and I work in PR. That's crazy. Really? That's yeah. so interesting. I feel like it's it's like so well known around Europe and it's like your ticket to like any job in fashion essentially. So that's so interesting when I hear like someone like in or I guess like in North America it's a lot less known. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I went to London to go to school there. Um and I had all intents to go into PR. Um, did my first internship, hated it. And like, oh, wait, I want to know what you hated about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It just, it wasn't for me. Like the parts of PR that I loved were like, um, I loved writing and I was always a very strong writer. Um, even like throughout high school, I was a strong writer and it was always like, okay, like, you know, it's kind of an option. Let's see where it takes me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just keep it in my back pocket. And while I was in PR, um, that's just the part that really stuck out to me. I 
I don't know, like something about PR was like, or at least maybe my experience, it was like a little clicky and mm. I'm not like that. It just my experience. Yeah. Maybe it was a bad one. No, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I decided I asked, then I was just because like I'm in ahead. it. <laughs> but I asked because I'm in it and like I, right. I I'm also a very creative person. So I'm I'm always like curious to know when people have that reaction. It's like I feel like a lot of people just don't understand like the legwork that it takes to get something creative out in the world, you know? And it's just like a completely different mm-hmm, thing. So I was mm-hmm. just curious to know what, what your thought was. So how long were you in that internship? Yeah. So I that was I did it for four months. Um, and I decided not to renew it and decided to go into writing instead. So Mm. I was, I had started my blog like right after Condé Nast college. So like I was kind of doing it in conjunction with my, um, job in PR. It was like very, you know, like here and there, I'd kind of like throw up outfit pictures or like talk about something or the other. And I knew that like going into editorial, I could leverage that my, my blog as like, you know, proof that I was like a good writer and I had good ideas. So I ended up um, getting a job with Al Canada. Um, and I worked there for a year while operating my blog. Honestly, I loved it. I learned so much from my team. Like I loved my team so much. Um, but then ultimately I decided to go full time with my blog after about a little more than a year at L and then, yeah, like ended up okay, okay. blogging. I understand. Okay. Cause I don't know if you've listened to past episodes, but this in between part is my favorite part to talk about of like when you actually take the leap to go either to another job or to start something mm-hmm. on your own. Um, mm-hmm. Walk me through that first transition because I'm sure that this transition led to Array um, and having the confidence to actually like take the leap on something. So I'm just curious to know how long were you like thinking about leaving to do your blog full time? Did you have savings? Like what was that whole experience like? Um, And how confident were you that you were going to be able to make your blog work full time? For sure. So, you know, I had thought about going full time on my blog for about I want to say like three months before I was leaving. Um, Honestly speaking, when I started my blog, it was not monetized. Like this was way back before, like Mm -hmm. right now it's like such a, and you know, everyone knows that it's a career choice to be a content creator. Mm -hmm. Back when I was like, when I was in it, I had no idea. So I remember the first time I got a paid campaign. I just, I couldn't believe myself, like what was happening, you know? And so the reason I decided to leave was just because I I got really busy with my blog and like, you know, I was doing it always as a side hustle, but like waking up at 5.30 a.m. before work, coming back home, working, um, and then my weekends were just blogging. And so about three months before I ended up quitting, I was like, you know, I, I could go full time with this. Like I, I believe in myself, you know, and, um, both my, my current husband and my dad were like, you know, you should, you should do this. Like, you know, why not take the bet on yourself? And I didn't have a ton of savings. I had enough definitely to like be, be good. Um, and yeah, I decided to do it. And like, I think for me and my heart, I've always believed that like your business, whatever it is you choose to do will give to you what you give to it, if that makes sense. So yeah. So I knew that like, if I was going to go full time on it, I'd be able to put so much more energy and like love and care into this. And I knew that, okay, like if I have gotten it this far, working on it on weekends and like in the mornings before work, how much further can I take it? And like, I want to work for myself. Um, this is such a great way for me as well to create 
a sense of community and have full creative, um, I guess like the, like the whole, like the whole thing is mine, you know, and I, I wear creative all of control. the hats. Exactly. Yeah. I have full creative control over everything. And it was really just taking all my favorite parts of, you know, working in editorial and having full control over everything. And I, I really valued that. And I'm so grateful that I did it. Yeah. I think you hit on something really important and it's just like an energetic shift. Like, I feel like when you're treating it as something, it'll return like exactly what you said. It'll be that, that small side thing until you like have an actual like energetic shift into making it a priority. It's never going to do it on its own. So I think that that's a massive, massive takeaway. So how long were you doing your blog for full time before having the idea to start Array? So I was full time on my blog. I went full time on my blog, I would say in July or August of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and we officially launched or like had our like soft launch for Array, um, late last year. And we went like hard on it this March, but the idea for Array was, I would say early, early 2018 was the first time I said it out loud. Um, Tanish, my, my husband. Yeah. And yeah. So like, I guess I was blogging full time for about a year and a half, um, okay. or sorry, no, two, two years before I like had the idea for Array. Okay. So when you were doing, or when you went to do the blog full-time, was your end-all be-all at the time that you wanted to just focus on the blog? Or did you have the idea to always launch a physical product? Like, was that in the back of your head or was it really just going all in on creating content? It was all in on creating content. Honestly, I loved what I did. And for me, my philosophy has always been to help women like lead their best lives to like inspire them. And so uh, like, you know, my blog is always very information heavy. I like to do a lot of research and like, that's why I started my podcast as well, because I was like, I want to bring information straight from the source to women to like mm-hmm. show them that, you know, they can, they can really optimize their well being. They can reach those business goals that they may have. And that kind of, uh, this is the point that everyone starts from. And so I, I really, I didn't know that I wanted to start a product. It wasn't just like, uh, like this is my end goal or anything like that. I, I, I was like, I'm just going to do this. And then when the idea for Ray came to me, like it just, it felt right. How did it come to you? So I struggled with my health for the entirety of my life. I had a very weak immune system and like, you know, I think my breaking point hit when, um, I was actually at L and I ended up fracturing a rib from this like awful, awful cough that I had and it wasn't going anywhere. And, you know, I'm in my early twenties and just like confused. And I remember going to the doctor and all she said to me was like, Oh, well, I can give you some codeine for it. And I was like, well, this is not really the answer that I'm looking for. You know, I don't understand why I'm constantly sick at such a young age. Um, and at that point I, I was very, I don't know, like, I guess I didn't really believe in the concept of natural remedies. I was like, this is just so woo. And, you know, there's Mm -hmm. not much behind it. But at that point, I was so frustrated and like, I I was just ready to try anything. And so, you know, I did this deep dive into all things wellness. So just reading everything that I could find from like integrative medicine practitioners and looking into supplements and lifestyle changes and literally anything that I could get my hands on. And, you know, my health started improving significantly. I stopped getting sick. And then I realized that I could troubleshoot other health issues that I had. Like I had a lot of sensitivities to different 
foods. And, you know, I, I, I kind of figured out that like, if I take certain things, like I can help my digestion or like, if I'm feeling fatigued, like I can take this or like, if I'm feeling You're anxious, putting it I together can yourself. That. Yeah. Like just, you know, just experimenting. Yeah. So, you know, the, but the issue was that I found that there was this gap in the market because as a blogger, I'm constantly interacting with beauty products and they're all really amazing. Like skincare products, I feel like I can find gorgeous packaging. You know, it's streamlined. If I if I know what problem I'm looking to target, I can go find a really efficacious, you know, product for that problem. And it's mm-hmm. beautiful and it speaks to me and it's easily integrated into my routine. Whereas in the wellness world, I saw this gap whereby, you know, there like I'd have to buy so many different ingredients. Everything looked ugly. Um, my, my like niche would complain every time we travel because I'd have all these like things in my suitcase and he's like, it's so heavy. And so I was like, why, why can we not create something that's like very, very efficacious, targeted and like really beautiful. I don't understand why this doesn't exist. And so I, I, you know, like I had the idea, I told Nish about it and he's like, work on it. Like you should pursue this. And so, you know, off we went. So you had immune problems and you had sensitivity to food. What was it about? Like, why did you want to go down um, creating the first product, which was the bloat product, correct? So they were both actually, bloat and calm were created together. Okay. Yeah, because so when when I went on this, you know, uh, I had this idea and I was like, I really want to create something like first when I was like, I know I want to target digestion because every single person I know talks about how they're constantly bloated, you know, and I knew that that wasn't, you know, the answer. Like, it's not just like, oh, like, let's just settle for feeling this way, you know, so mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to do something for that. And then when it came to speaking to um, naturopathic doctors to formulate this, like I spoke to so many. And again, like the common theme was that like digestion is a problem amongst most women and anxiety is like closely linked to it. And again, Mm -hmm. like that was a common thread and everyone was talking about how they were anxious and bloated. And so, um, you know, we ended up finding literally (laughs) everyone, you know, right? Like that's, that's crazy. So yeah, that's basically, so we worked with an atropathic doctor who did an incredible job formulating, um, bloat and calm and. Okay. How did you find this naturopathic doctor? And like, what is that? What does that look like in the beginning phases? Like, are you coming to them with that idea and telling them that you're going to give them an equity stake in the company? Like, how does that work? Are you just paying them for their time and formulation? Like for the person that's listening, that is potentially interested in creating a product, like walk Mm -hmm. us through that whole process. So in terms of how it happens, I think no matter what your idea is, you do have to kind of um, handle it with care when you're bringing it to other people. Mm -hmm. So don't reveal everything just from a first conversation. Like for me, I I really care about energy. And I spoke to a bunch of people, um, actually... Natalie, who we ended up working with, she was the first person I met and she, I was introduced to her by a very good friend of mine. Um, they used to work together and, you know, my friend just sung her praises. And the first time I met her, I was like, it's, it's her. And I remember coming to Nish and he was like, no, you're crazy. Like speak to more people. And I was like, I will, but it's her. Um, and she was, I don't know. She was so smart. She was like, she, she, she knew what she was talking about. She, um, she could educate me. And like that, that kind of told me that like, 
she can very easily break down complex things for like just normal people. For the consumer, and yeah. Exactly. And that's that's kind of what we wanted. So um, you know, we we ended up landing on Natalie and she was the one who formulated. In terms of how to structure these things, honestly, like there's so many ways to go about doing it. Um, of course you can do you can go the equity route, but Personally, I feel like unless someone is working on it with you or like giving it everything, like equity is something to always protect. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, like, I mean, if if you can, like if you have funding, then like, or like if you have savings, money, whatever you can, yeah. like pay someone for the creation, like whether it's like a skincare brand, if you're working with a chemist, you can pay someone out. Um, same with like anything you, yeah. you really need a third party help with you can definitely just like use them as like a, like a contractor or whatever yeah. it is. Um, or you could even settle on royalties, which is another great way to kind of uh, sidestep the whole, um, I guess like big upfront payments. So there's definitely a lot of ways to go about doing it. It's just kind of what you decide on, or, you know, if, if, yeah. if you do want to give up equity, then like bring them on as a co-founder too. You can totally do that. So yeah. lots of options. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So you have this conversation with Natalie, you guys totally hit it off. Um, you feel like she's like the perfect fit for the company. What does that, like, how does that exchange work? You just say, I want to create two products, one for combating bloat, one for anxiety. Um, do you have any idea what ingredients that you want in it? Any ingredients that you don't want in it? what is in it today, but like walk us through how that process goes down and how you test for efficacy since that was such a big, um, a big point for you. So it was a very collaborative process, but you know, the thing is that if you, if you bring on a good formulator, they really know what they're talking about. Right. And like Natalie has been in the industry for so, so long. And so, you know, when it came to the formulation piece, like we, like when, when it was like, okay, like she suggests like these ingredients and, you know, we we kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, this is like, this sounds really good. Or like for calm, for example, I would, I would make certain ingredient suggestions and she would be like, yep, that sounds really good. And so it was this collaborative process, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, definitely. Like we leaned on Natalie a lot because she knows, like, even if we had a certain ingredient in mind in order to get the right dosing, she knows. Right. And like, that's like a big thing for us that like our capsules are extremely, extremely potent. And like that is due to good dosing. And like, you know, for her, um, she's worked with clients a lot. And so, yeah, like uh, she, she kind of knew like how much exactly to put in and all Mm -hmm. of those little, little, little things that make a big difference. So how did you guys start testing for efficacy? I mean, I can attest firsthand since I tried it, that it's definitely potent, but like, how, how are you testing that before launching? So, um, of course, like lab testing and stuff just happens normally, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I think that I was in a very lucky position to have a blog. So pre-launch Nish reached out to about 20 of his girlfriends. Um, so we tested on those girls and about 40 women from the icing and glitter community. And so we tested these products on 60 women and got their, you know, opinions, like what they thought, even things like what they think it should be priced at, what they would pay, like literally A to Z, how long did it take for the effects to kind of kick in? Because like, I, I mean, I knew it worked. Right. And I remember the first time I tried bloat because like, for me, I have food sensitivities. And so I remember I was out, um, for date night with Nish and we, we'd gone for Italian food and my stomach was killing me. So we came back and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try the, the bloat 
at that point it was a powder. Um, and I tried it, it tasted absolutely foul, but I could not believe how quickly my bloat went away. And so it was because of actually that experience of like, oh my gosh, this tastes disgusting, um, that we decided to encapsulate it. So it's actually the same formula. It's just- Oh, it was originally going to be a powder. It was originally, exactly. But then we knew that you know, it, it would just be a harder sell. So we were like, what is the cleanest way that we can put this into, you know, an, like a, a swallowable format. Yeah. And we decided on just a vegan shell. It's naked, you know, there's no fillers in there. It's literally just the powder that was stuck into a vegan shell. So yeah. Okay. Walk us through what, for someone that's listening, that's never tried it and is curious, like walk us through what they can experience from both um, the blow and the calm. I actually haven't tried the calm yet. I've only tried the blow and I can attest. Yes, it does work. <laughs> so what's the best way to use it? Cause one time I used blow. I took three, the first time I used it, I took three before I went to sleep and then mm-hmm. I had to just go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. But mm-hmm. the other time I took one before I went to sleep and it was perfect. So it again, like this, so, you know, when we, when we send out our bloat capsules, you do see, like we send a card out, right. And mm. that kind of tells you about dosing. Yeah. So how it works is bloat is all natural. It is laxative free, and it is a combination of five herbs and one digestive enzyme to essentially just facilitate seamless digestion. So in order to kind of make sure that it works, we, we, give dosage instructions, which are not like an umbrella statement, but rather we say like tailor it to your needs and you will figure that out based on kind of how your system works because maybe three capsules is a lot for you. For me, I need the three or I need the four mm-hmm. sometimes, you know? So we oh. we didn't want to make an umbrella statement. So how it works is again, like it just, it facilitates seamless digestion. Um, we kind of explain it that like take two, if you know, you've had a salad with some beans in it, take three, if you've had pasta and take four, if you've had Thanksgiving dinner, you know? So no matter what- coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, you know, no matter what, it will speed up digestion. It will kind of target all the places where digestion can go wrong and like bloating can happen. Like one thing we really like to educate people on is the fact that, you know, people think that a digestive enzyme solves everything. And that isn't the case. A digestive enzyme only works if the reason you're bloated is because your body isn't producing the right amount of enzymes to digest the food properly, right? So that's why we wanted to use one digestive enzyme and five herbs and each of those herbs target things like gas and, you know, slow transit times and like build up a food that like kind of rots in your system and like mm-hmm. causes discomfort. So um, bloat targets bloating from every angle. And so no matter the cause for bloat, it goes away. Um, and it goes away. A- Sorry to get like specific. Does that mean that like when you take bloat, you can expect to go to the bathroom in the next like... N- no, definitely not because okay. it's it's not it's not a laxative, right? right? So it does not make you rush to the bathroom and like, you know, like the thing is that we we wanted to stay away from the laxative piece because we don't want to send people running to the bathroom. That's yeah. I mean, it, it causes dependency. There's like a host of issues when it comes to that. Um, it kind of just works with your system so that it it would your your digestion is optimal. I think that's the easiest way for me to explain it, right? Yeah. So if you're taking the right amount, it'll just it'll make sure that you're not um uncomfortable in any way. So like it beats everything from like IBS to constipation. So it works across the board. That's what I was going to ask. So like would you say that it's at, on an 
as needed basis, because like for someone that has IBS, you're kind of dealing with that every single day. Should Mm -hmm. they be taking it every day or should it be literally just if you have a flare up, then you take it? No. So it's a really, really versatile product and you can definitely take it every day or you can take it upon need. So like if you feel like your digestion is great and you don't typically take a digestive enzyme or you don't really need anything, you absolutely don't have to take it. But for example, if you're someone who takes a digestive enzyme every day, you feel like you need that help, you can take it every day. Um, We have customers who use this to like manage IBS every single day. They take it. Um, We have a few not a few, like actually a chunk of women who take it after their, like each meal, because that's kind of what they need. We have others who take it, you know, after they've had a happy meal. So it's, you know, we wanted to create a very versatile product that you wouldn't need to take daily if you didn't want to, you know, but you could, if you did want to. So that's, I guess the easiest way for me to answer it. Got it. Okay. So now let's do the same for calm. (laughs) Calm. Okay. So calm is a blend of four different herbs, minerals, and vitamins. And what it does is it essentially relaxes the body and mind, and it is a non-drowsy formula. So, um, you know, it, it, it targets things like a racing mind, jitters. Um, if you are having trouble falling asleep before, you know, like, you know, at night, then you can take it and it'll just relax you. That's all that it does. Um, in terms of use cases. So we, again, like it's a really versatile product. I personally had two before the podcast interview and I take it every single morning. We have people who take it before bed, like actually one of our earliest customers and still one of our best customers, she is a flight attendant and she takes it to help jet lag because it helps her like calm down and fall asleep after these like long flights. So, you know, and we have women who suffer from like really, really terrible anxiety who take this as like a natural modality to kind of help them calm down and like relax when they're having like issues. Like we just got the sweetest email from this um, woman who had had to use it like the, the day before her wedding because she had a panic attack and she woke up on her wedding day like feeling she said like lighter than air and it was like the most touching email I've oh ever gotten God. and like you know we we have toddler mamas using it who need it because their kids are like driving them crazy so you know the use cases are like plenty but essentially that's kind of what it targets like it targets any sort of jitteriness racing mind um like that anxious kind of feeling. So it just calms you down. It does exactly what Would you ever does. use them together? Like the calm and the blow at the same time? For sure. Yeah. So okay. uh, the thing is like a great use case for calm is actually like the way we, we like to explain it is that bloating or digestion and anxiety are like a viral loop. So, you know, if you're ever experiencing anxiety or like high levels of stress, you might notice that you feel bloated and your digestive system has kind of slowed down. Vice versa, when you're bloated, you worry about it. And so you tend to get anxious. So they're so deeply interconnected that we wanted to come up with two products to launch um, that would holistically target those two problems. So definitely you can take the two of them together. They work really well together. Um, One kind of calms down your mind already. It facilitates great digestion and the other one focuses on your physical body. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. I'm so excited to try calm. You're going to love it. Like I'm I'm obsessed. It's yeah. Like bloat for me was like the, you know, like I would rely on it. Like it was my lifeline whenever I'd go out to eat, but calm, I have to take it every day. Otherwise like I can get like jittery. Um, you know, I, I and it doesn't give you any like sleepiness. None. Okay. None. And like, so it's, it's really funny because 
I was at, I was doing a desk side for Array. And of course, like all, like all throughout the desk sides, I was like, calm, calm, calm. And <laughs> while I was on the call with like a few editors, one of them was like, wait a minute, like, you know, I've been taking it and it is crazy. Like the fact that it doesn't make you drowsy and like, you can just take it during the day. Like she was like, she was so excited about it. And like calm is one of those things. Like when you try it, you just, you know, like, I'm going to use it today. I, I, it I absolutely have a great day to test it out. I'm very stressed. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> I will a hundred percent. Okay. So I really want to get into your influencer marketing strategy because honestly, like before I even got the email to do this podcast, I was seeing you everywhere. Like I said in the beginning. Um, and I'm just curious to know with your background being an influencer and kind of being in the space, how much of that did you, were you able to use in your marketing strategy? And just talk to me about how you guys approached it for launch. You, you did like a big strong launch in March, right? Yeah. Okay. So we, so I'll, I guess I'll start from the beginning, like kind of yeah. answering all of those questions. But I have received so many terrible pitches in my life that I kind of know what not to do. And so, you know, when when we started, like we are fully, by the way, a bootstrapped brand. We have never received funding. Like this is just something that Nish and I have done with like whatever we have. And so to start with, like, it's not like I had huge budgets to dedicate to influencers. So I knew that like, in order to kind of make a compelling case for why they should try the product, I had to write a compelling email and kind of lay out what was happening. Um, the fact that, you know, like for, for some, if we had budget, it was like so, so little, but we, we wanted to kind of pay whenever we could, with whatever limited amounts we had, because we valued um, like influencers, mm-hmm. and when when we couldn't, we were really transparent about that as well. So I think just transparency and like writing compelling emails. Like for us, we've always been a very honest brand. Like Nish and I, we're kind and we're honest. Like you know, those are the the two things that we operate our entire um, like business by. And so I think that just kind of translates to, to how we've done our outreach as well. Like we've, we've always been really, really nice. Um, even influencers who've received gifts from us, like, you know, if we find out it's their birthday or like whatever it is, like we always send something fun along to them. And yeah, like, I feel like that's, that's really it. Like just writing those really, really great emails, um, offering to, to pay when you can. And like, even when we're gifting products, like the way that I always approached it was, listen, I would love to send you product, share love on social media. If you love the product, if you don't, then don't worry about it. There's no pressure, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think just that, and of course, like, you know, most people did feel compelled to share because, it's like, I mean, I might sound biased, but it really is a great product, (laughs) you know? And so that's, that's basically, that was our strategy. And, you know, we've, we've uh, gifted to a lot of people, um, a lot of people who we love. And was the strategy in the beginning to gift first and then see what the reaction was. And then if they loved it, then reach out and say that you want to move forward with a sponsored post. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So like whenever we got, whenever, like, you know, as, as we started to grow, we had a little bit more budget. And so we knew that like, we could kind of partner with like a couple of people, like we, it's not like a ton of people that we work with. It's like 
very, very small number because we just cannot afford these like large right. number of like huge partnerships. So, you know, we've been really transparent. We, we believe in doing everything we can for like, um, our influencer partners or like anyone who's really shown us support. So I would say, yeah, like that, you know, or like sometimes for example, um, I would catch, like an influencer's name on our order list, right? Like they placed an order. And so, I mean, I would just get to it right away and like send them a special note or like give them an extra bottle or like, you know, if they'd ordered one, give them the other as well. And I think like small things like that, like with no expectation, just kind of being kind, um, compelled people to share. Of course they would have to love the product, but you know, that's, I guess, from a strategy perspective. Yeah. No, from like a marketing and branding perspective, I, when I got the box, I was like, damn, they killed it. That little (laughs) Polaroid with a handwritten note is just so cute. And like, I mean, I've seen every package that you can possibly think of and like it's a small package, but you can just feel the love in it. So I feel like you guys are doing a really, really good job. Yeah. Also, you know, we treat our customers like influencers too, because that's what they are. You know, like we would be nowhere without our customers and we have great word of mouth. And, you know, we like, you know, when it comes to our customers as well, like Nish and I did our own packaging for like months and months. Like we would be sitting there wrapping those products and sending it out. So like, even now when I go through our list and I'll see like, Oh my gosh, I recognize her name. And she's been ordering for like this amount of time, like send her an extra bottle of product. Like, you know, she's an influencer too. And like, she's like a big supporter of our brand. So just, I think like treating everyone like they're special because they really are to us, you know, like for example, that Polaroid thing, like we wanted to make the packaging experience so special for our customers, you know, and back then we couldn't afford these like fancy mailers. So we were like, what can we do to make our customers smile? And that's how we came up with the Polaroid idea. And so, you know, our entire, yeah. So our entire thing has been like surprise and delight people. Like that's our, like, I guess like mantra when it comes to packaging and like um, how we kind of conduct ourselves with both influencers and our customers too. I love it. All right. We have to talk (laughs) about you and your husband working together. I'm so curious about those types of dynamics. I've had people on the podcast that some are like, they swear by it. And then some are just like run in the other direction. I'm in the midst of going in that direction. So (laughs) I'm curious to know what your biggest takeaways are and yeah, what's, what's it like? How do you guys sign off? Like, what are the boundaries? Are there any, give us the the whole. Um, Nish is my best friend. And like, honestly, I, he, he, he supported the idea, um, and kind of just got it right from the beginning. And he's been my biggest supporter and I feel very lucky to be working with him. He's incredibly smart and quite frankly, Array would not be what it is if I didn't have Nish as a co-founder. So in terms of working together, I think we kind of dipped our toes in, um, as I was working on icing and glitter initially, he would help me with my photos. Um, and then obviously as it became a full-time job, I had to bring on an assistant, but you know, we worked together like that. Anytime I had press trips, I would always take niche. So that was like a nice, I guess, segue into this, like a, like, I guess like a non-committal segue into this. And so when it did come time to, um, work on array, I, like, I, I, told Nish, like, you have to work on this with me. And he was on board. And in terms of how we work together, honestly, like we, we respect each other's boundaries in the sense that like, I think we always speak to each other with respect, but we debate hard 
like hard. And like, sometimes it's like, you know, uh, like if our employees are with us, it's like, we, we tell them we're like, our arguments get heated, but it's not in a disrespectful way. It's just because, you know, he, he comes from a tech background and like, he's very analytical and logical, whereas I'm very creative. And like that push and pull always helps us land at the right decision for our company. Um, you know, we, we work really, really hard together, really well together, but we also make sure that we make time for like date nights, for example. And like, you know, if, if I feel like, okay, no, it's been too much array, then I'll say like, no, array is kind of off, off the table for this dinner. And we can mm-hmm. touch on it in the morning or after dinner. It's or really tricky. It it's really tricky. Cause it's obviously your baby. And like, it's, you know, you were, you're talking about it all day long. It's hard to not have it trickle into other things. Um, for I'm sure. curious to know for your actual roles, like do you have defined roles and there's like absolutely no crossover in certain things? I feel like some people that have come on have said that that's something that's been helpful, but I'm curious to know if you guys have that or if you really do kind of go back and forth. If he comes in creatively sometimes, if you come in analytically sometimes, how does that work? So I think we we have very clear defined roles and um, certain things like he has the final say on and I have the final say on certain things as well. But at the end of the day, I think we very collaboratively come to all of our decisions. And like, for example, if I'm thinking something from a creative standpoint and he is like absolutely opposed to it, I hear him out. And, you know, usually we come to um, a conclusion in the middle. Otherwise, like, you know, there have been times where he's been like, no, Sif, like, I think that this is a really bad idea. And I drive it anyway, because I'm like, nope, I know that like this creatively, you may not understand it, but this this is what's best for our brand and he respects that and vice versa um so we definitely have like very clear cut roles and responsibilities but we always consult one another and you know there's just this very mutual respect we don't have any like power struggles at all um yeah like i i i've just gotten very lucky like i i genuinely i work with my best friend and we have a lot of love and respect for one another and i think like that's been I guess the the operating principle in our company. I love it. It's a perfect segue to ask you what is your active ingredient with with array and with your blog and the podcast and all the things that you're doing. What's like the deeper purpose, the reason that you get up in the morning and are excited? So uh, like it is really our mantra which is like feel your best, be your best. It is and you know we really want to help women. I really I've always been passionate about helping women feel their best. You know, it's why I worked so hard on my blog. It is why I started my podcast and it's why, you know, we have Array now. Like my entire philosophy in life has been like how can I help people feel their best, you know, and like things like whatever issues you may have with your health, like they can get in the way of you living your most optimized, most full life, you know? Mm -hmm. And our whole thing is that, you know, I I don't like, I want to take that away from you so you can really, really live life to the fullest. So that is really, I guess, my active ingredient, just the passion to help women feel their best. I love it. (laughs) What would you say to someone who is listening and sees that you've kind of built this life for yourself and are living in your active ingredient and you're getting to do it every day? Um, And they may be in a transitional time in their life or they're just very confused as to what that next step is for them. What advice would you give them or questions to ask themselves to help kind of navigate them into living an active ingredient life? Honestly, I would say read. I am a voracious leader, a reader. And so, you know, I think that it's kind of given me guidance and purpose and also helped me kind of beat those self-limiting beliefs 
beliefs that I may have. I think that when it comes to kind of finding your thing, try those things and don't be afraid of failing, right? Um, I think that a lot of the times we don't act on what we want to do because we're kind of afraid of the results or like, what if it all goes wrong? And, you know, I think my biggest takeaway in life is just to do it, not really care about what other people think and just have the conviction in yourself. Um, try those things that you love and find that thing you land on. You don't have to be married to it. Um, it's okay if you move around until you land on your permanent thing, but always do it with purpose and um, have conviction in yourself. I love it. <laughs> so I always close the podcast asking what is your literal active ingredient, something that you have to do, consume, um, run to, I don't know, anything that you have to literally do. What's that? I would say have a morning routine. Um, so oh God, talk to me about it. Give oh my gosh. I am the most obsessive human being when it comes to my morning routine. I need it. So, um, my, I guess my non-negotiables, absolute non-negotiables when it comes to my morning routine is um, journaling and meditation. Those are the two things that kind of help me ground myself. And I'm a big believer in manifestation. And I feel like journaling has been a big segue to that for me. Um, I do a lot of future you journaling. So, you know, write as though I already have those things that I currently want in my life. And it's kind of crazy how my life has played out. It's almost as though like I wrote a script for myself from a movie and I stepped into it somehow, you know? And so I think like for me, those two things, the journaling and meditation piece are like my absolute non-negotiables. Um, on top of that, like I, I try to do movement as well every morning. What time? Um, anything like, so when it was like a little warmer, I would go on walks every day on, uh, on like, you know, I guess nicer days. I do that no mm -hmm. matter what first thing in the morning. And I listen to a podcast or an audio book while doing that. Or, you know, even if it's like 20 minutes of a yoga flow or Pilates or anything, like I will, I will try to do that mm -hmm. every morning. So like, even if it's just like a quick stretch on like recovery days. So yeah. I love it. Oh my God. I love it. I love a morning routine too. I'm obsessed. Like no, it is, it I want to, I want to understand that journal, like journaling. I I'm in and out of it. Me, um, meditating is a hundred percent something that's part of my morning routine. Mm -hmm. I've like fallen off of it recently, but like for the past like two years, I've been consistent journaling. I come in and out, but like, that sounds beautiful to be able to kind of write down what you want for yourself in the next two, five years or whatever. I just yeah. don't have that practice. Is there like so a journal that tells you how to write that? Honestly, it's been a combination of different books that I've read. Um, it, initially, I started off with um, The Artist's Way. So it's just like mm -hmm. free writing. Um, I thought that it was like a great brain dump, but I I felt like I don't, I'm not someone who likes to write about like, this is what I'm doing in my life currently. Like, I don't feel like it brings me anything. So I don't know where I read it or like, you know, maybe it was like a combination of different things, but I'm a big, like, I love Gabby Bernstein. I love her stuff. And maybe it was there where it was like this idea of like thinking about, okay, like I'm already in this place, or maybe it was Abraham Hicks. But anyway, I started doing um, future you journaling where like I would I'd always, before even I started doing Future You, it was like, I would always write my mantra every single day and like talk about like how beautiful life is or like how grateful I am for certain things. And um, 
and it just kind of became this practice where now it's like a whole page of like, oh, like this is currently what my life is, even though I'm maybe not there, but like, you know, that's what I want it to look like. And, you know, I write the most ridiculous things, right? Like the most stretch goals that I may have, but I also have conviction that I'm already there. I don't know how to explain it. It's for me, like, I, I feel like there's no limit as to what I can achieve. And like, if my heart is in the right place and I'm doing with purpose, I can get to wherever I want. Like, that's kind of what I've proved to myself in life currently. And like, I work so hard on any limiting beliefs that I do have kind of trying to do you like, is this like how you are naturally or do like through therapy, through life coaching? Like how, how do you actually work through self-limiting beliefs? So self-limiting, so again, um, another person I love is Shaman Durek. Um, and so he's, I'm obsessed with him. Like he's incredible. And like, I just read his book as well, which I recommend Mm. to everyone. It is absolutely amazing. It's a beautiful book, but you know, over there it, it, or like, even just like in other books that I've read this, this, there's this thing that like, figure out like what you're like, I guess like the thing that you don't believe you can achieve and like, ask yourself like, why, 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 why? And like really get to the root of why that is. And like, sit with that pain, you know? And like, for me, that has been like a few different things in my life where I've like, you know, until I was able to address why I felt that way about certain things, it, I was never able to get them if, if that makes sense. So that, like, I felt like that was, that was very, very helpful. And then I just interviewed Shaman Durek for my podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, and that episode is going live soon. But what he said to me is like, don't try. If you are using the words try in your life, it's already as though you kind of like don't believe that it's like done and achievable. And I started to get really, I guess, uh, cognizant of what I was saying try in conjunction with, you know, and I was like, why am I saying try with this? Like, what does that mean? Like, do I have like a limiting belief there? How do I get to the bottom of it? And so just, I think like constantly reflecting, I like, the thing is that I I read so much and I'm, I'm always trying to employ whatever like good tidbits that I find to improve my life in that way. What are like some, aside from Shaman um, Direct's book, what are a few other books that you feel like have really helped enlighten you and just open your mind to asking yourself those questions? Everything by Gabrielle Bernstein, I have loved. Um, What else? Um, There is that, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting. Hold on, let me grab my Audible and tell you. There's like (laughs) been a few books that have been like absolutely life-changing for me. So yeah, Gabrielle Bernstein, my segue into all of this was The Secret. My mom gave it Mm. to me and I'm eternally grateful. I feel like I was a different person before I read The Secret. And I always tell like this like very funny story because like I remember when it happened, I told Nish right away. So when I read The Secret, I was on um, our family holiday in... Europe. And I was on the plane and I was finishing the book and it kind of taught you this manifestation um, technique. And it was, so I was like, okay, let me try this on something really small. So coming back from Europe, it was like right after I'd finished um, Condé Nast College. So I had all of these suitcases and I realized that I had no like um, cash on hand, like no, um, no like coins. And that's what you needed to take out those trolleys at the Mm. airport. Okay. And like, this is going to sound like it's so small, but I'm someone who tends to like get anxious and nitpick about small things like this. So I'm on my flight and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't have 
coins on hand to grab that like trolley. How am I going to get out of the airport? And I was like, okay, like, let me just try this technique and see what happens. So I tried like the manifestation technique where I was like, I already see myself like at the airport with my suitcases in hand on the trolley. And I swear to you, Sophie, like the craziest thing happened. I landed and they had gotten rid of like the toonie thing. Like, like the, the trolleys were then free. I, I can't even tell you my mind was like boggled. I was so shocked. I like, I was like, I will never in my life think this is woo again. And we would always make fun of my mom being like, Oh, like the secret, the secret. But then once I tried it, I was like, this is it. Like, I I love that life before the secret life after the secret. So good. it changed my life. So yeah, like that was my, um, first, I guess. That's amazing. That's a good story. Yeah. Also like, it's like a small thing. Cause that's how you build on it, you know? Totally. Um, and then like, you know, like obviously Gabby Bernstein, I love things like the 5am club. Um, the, the 10 X rule is like another favorite when it comes to like business and just like how easy things are. I think like, what is that? Oh my gosh. It's such a good book. It's I need not to read it. like, read it's not so spiritual. It it's almost like this man, he's so funny. Like he, he simplifies these things that we think are like so far-fetched, right? So he's like, basically the the only rule you need to know is like go 10x harder. Like not in like, I'm going to kill myself way, but like he, it's so, it's so funny because he says like, think about all the products out there that you know of that are like so shit, but they're like these huge brands, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, wait, there's so many of them. And he's like, what do you think? Like, how do you think they got there? You know? And so I think like that little tidbit was so valuable to me and it kind of just shifted the way I thought. I was like, wait a minute, like if those guys can do it, like I can do it, you know, and I can do it better with like a, a better product or like a better um, brand, like yeah. brand, you know, whatever it is. So just like things like that, I really liked. Um, what else? Oh, I love, I love, I love anything by Esther Perel. I feel mm-hmm. like her stuff is amazing for relationships and just like opening your mind. And which one was I? Oh, the Untethered Soul was the one I was thinking Ooh. of. Okay. It is a beautiful book. Um, kind of teaches you to lead with kindness and love. So yeah, I would say like those are some of the books that I've really turned to that have kind of shifted my perspective and like helped me lead life with love and a lot of conviction in myself and like, um, kind of figure out how to like beat those limiting beliefs. I love it. Amazing. Where can (laughs) everyone find you? Where can everyone listen to your podcast and find a ray? For sure. So you can find me personally on icing and glitter. Instagram um, is icing and glitter. And then Array can be found at on Instagram at array.co or our website array.com. Um, my podcast is the Dream Bigger Podcast. And yeah, I think that covers everything. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I can't wait to try Calm. I'll let you know the second I try it. Amazing. I'm so excited for you, Sophie. Thank you for having me. I need me. it today. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. It would mean the world to us if you could rate and review us. And for more inspiration and quotes from the episode, check us out on Instagram at Active Ingredient. See you next week.